On this episode of AV Social, we discuss how industry education can help keep AV dealers educated, help companies and individuals get their message across, help everybody in the industry renew their industry certifications, and let integrators know just what products and services you might offer. All that and more on AV Social. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Social Episode 37, Two Birds. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Crestron. Hi everyone, this is Dawn Mead here with the latest AV Social. Today we're going to be talking about education and marketing. There are currently over 11,000, I think they might even be up to 12,000 Avixa CTS holders globally. Each of these certified technology specialists are required to maintain their sharp AV edge with continuing education and earning 30 CTS renewal units every three years. In addition to CTS RUs, the AV industry is quickly changing and evolving, and it's necessary for AV integrators and their staff to keep up to date on the capabilities of new systems, new technologies, new products for manufacturers. And it's important for manufacturers to keep their dealers and specifiers educated on what each new product and technology can do. On today's AV Social, we're going to dive into AV education as a form of keeping connected with dealers and tech managers, and also as a way to market new features and benefits. As me, as, with me, as usual today, is my lovely co-host, Kelly Perkins of NSCA. Kelly, say hi Hello. to everyone. Hello. How's it going, everyone? Very good on this end. And today we're joined by two special guests. First, Colleen Leith from Marketing Matters. Uh, Colleen, what's your title there? I, I can never remember. You're the owner, founder, or something like that? The all of the above president is the title okay. I use in my cards. All right. President of Marketing Matters. And Lindsay Bull from Lexel. And Lindsay, what's your title at Lexel? I, my title is tech writer, but I work on the tech marketing writer. team. Yeah. That's awesome. I like that. I, I think we did a show, it was either AV Week or this show some time ago about um, AV and architecture and decoration. So uh, wonderful to have you. It's the first time I've heard that job title. <laughs> Thank you. So let's get started. Um, question number one, I guess, uh, you know, in what way do organizations in our industry cater their education to AV integrators and tech managers? Um, you know, we have got a lot of it out there. How, how do organizations currently cater it to the integrators and tech managers? Anyone want to jump in with that? Colleen, let's start with you. Uh, there's several different ways. You know, at each of the shows, uh, both at Infocom, ISC, um, and then various different roadshows that uh, either manufacturers or distributors hold, they'll offer different types of certification uh, or continuing education. Not all the manufacturers have... Uh, have had their classes certified, which boggles me, because it's not that difficult of a process to, to work with the VIXA to, to get those certifications. So I, I think there's quite a bit of education out there, because as you mentioned in the introduction, our industry changes almost on a daily basis. The technology is continuously evolving, and it's critical that our 
that the folks who work within the industry, both our integrators and the tech managers, are aware of those changes and interoperability issues and uh, other such fun stuff to make sure their systems will work. Right, right. Lindsay, um, what ways have you seen organizations using to uh, cater their education to the AV market integrators and, and users? Sure, yeah. Um, I can't speak too well for organizations generally, but for Luxel, um, you know, the, the product is pretty, pretty technical um, and there's varying ranges of uh, education necessary to do different jobs. For an AV integrator, it's not quite as high as we'll say like an IT person. Um, so we specialize our curriculum so that it's exactly what an AV integrator is going to need to know um, just to do their job. We don't want to make it too overwhelming for them. At the same time, we want to make sure that they have everything necessary to do their job efficiently. Right, right. Kelly, do you have anything to add on that topic? I mean, you're working for one of the organizations now that offers education. Um, how are you? sort of targeting integrators and uh, tech managers? Well, it's interesting because working with the, the Ignite program, I'm trying to, and Ignite is to attract uh, new talent to the industry, if you haven't heard of the, the initiative yet. But in order to attract young people and new talent, uh, skilled talent into the industry, it's, you know, I've, I've been looking at and researching all of the different ways of, of gaining education within our industry. And the manufacturer training is, is super important because you have, you have companies like Cisco that you can't even buy their products if you don't have their training, right? Because they don't want people out there, you know, integrating and designing systems that don't understand how to use the products. Um, but then you have companies like Biamp and Crestron that also are, are really, really good at manufacturer training. And I think, I think putting, as a manufacturer, putting education on the forefront is so important because it actually, you know, it, it really proves and, and reinforces your commitment to the industry and your commitment to good quality design pro projects. Right. Well, so here's a question, and some of you may have gone through this um, as educators. Some of you may have gone through this as organizations. But um, what is the process exactly for ensuring CTS, CEDIA, or other certification renewal credits, um, both from the I'm teaching a class, how do I get it certified end, and maybe how do I, um, if, if I'm a CTS holder, how do I find those credits? Uh, jump in on either, either one of those questions. Well, I've dealt with several different organizations with those in the past, and um, <clears throat> with both uh, Avixa and Cedia, it's it's fairly easy to get your class certified. You reach out to the education department. Um, they have some criteria. If you're missing some of it, you make some adjustments, and then you're able to offer those classes. Uh, it's uh, and both and both of their websites do carry. Uh, information about those websites so it's easy enough to either just search it or go to the Avixa site, go to the, uh, uh, the, the CEDIA site, NSC site as well, NSCA, excuse me, Kelly, and you're going to find a list of, of things available to you. Um, one of the things that I've been involved in recently is the uh, Avixa Women's Council, and what we're doing is encouraging um, our, our networking sessions to include a, a short class that provides those education credits for the CTS holders, uh, the right. CTD holders. And um, some of the 
not every chapter across the country is doing it at every session, but those are another source of uh, education available in your local area if you want to do something in person and along with some networking. Right, right. Lindsay, uh, what's been your experience in that, uh, ensuring, you know, your class is available for renewal credits or finding credits if you need them? Right, yeah. Um, I mean, for Luxel, we do want to make sure that we're, we understand the uh, technology's consistently evolving, um, and it's important for these people to stay on top of education. Um, we're putting out new products pretty frequently, and you just, you, it's necessary to get trained on every new thing, <laughs> and we get that. Um, so, yeah, it's a constant effort for us to try to make sure that we are offering these credits. Uh, as frequently as we can. Kelly, I, I know you're still fairly new at your NSCA role. Have you run into the experience of, of um, people, manufacturers, or whomever coming to you to get classes certified? Or are you getting classes certified for renewal units for other certifications like CTS and? Um... Well, we don't really, we don't really have any like accredited certifications other than our CSIP training. So we don't have, we don't really have are used per se as far as um, Avixa or Infocom is concerned. I do know, because um, I, I do have my CTS um, and I keep it up pretty, you know, every three years. I've had it since 2009. Um, and, you know, I think I even, I reached out to Infocom recently and, or Avixa, sorry. And I, I reached out to Avixa not that long ago, and if you're a certain type of member, whether you're an individual member of Avixa or your organization or company is a member, they do offer a lot of free training, free online classes. Um, I can't remember exactly which ones, but they do offer quite a few free ones, so you can do them online, you know, kind of in your spare time or, or after work. So th there is that option. Right. If you're looking specifically at Avixa credit. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go rogue for a second here off of our prepared questions, but we keep talking about Infocom, CTS, or, you know, Infocom the show, Avixa the organization, CTS certifications, and those renewal credits. Um, but it's 2018, and we're a much more diverse industry than we used to be. I know tons of fellow AV professionals have certifications like LEED AP, um, PMP, the various um, CompTIA and other IT industry certifications. And my understanding is a lot of those also have renewal unit um, requirements in order to maintain those certifications. Um, I guess this is mostly a question for Lindsay, although Kelly and Colleen, I'm pretty sure you've both either taught classes or helped organize classes for, for different groups. Um, what sort of actions or suggestions would you make for manufacturers, for potential faculty members, instructors, to reach out to some of these other organizations to get their classes sort of co-certified? Obviously, if you're teaching a fluffy marketing class, it may not be applicable to, say, a CompTIA renewal, but we have a lot of classes in our industry that cross over into the worlds of cyber security, that cross over into the worlds of IT, cross over into the worlds of management. Um, Let's start with Lindsay on this, since you actually work for a manufacturer. Have you pursued any sort of cross-approval for your classes for RUs? Um, you know, that's a really good question, and I'm not sure uh, I can answer that. Um, 
and maybe this might be kind of off the, I might be missing the question entirely, but we do try to, you know, as a manufacturer um, in this smart home industry, we have to kind of um, integrate well with other players in the industry. So it's important for us to, um, I'm not sure how to phrase this necessarily, but <laughs> it's important for us to kind of offer um, the option for integrators to integrate other people's technology. So we try to play well with other uh, Lutron, Crestron Control 4. Right. Um, well, so I think well with others works. <laughs> Go ahead, Kelly. No, I was just going to say too, and I think, you know, a big part of this isn't, isn't really the question of, you know, getting credits for this or that, but just making sure that you as a manufacturer are taking the time to educate your customers on your products and not even your products necessarily, but emerging technologies, things that can help them choose wisely, things that can help them, you know, in, in somewhat of an unbiased way, really, really teach them what things that are actually going to help them in the field and help their businesses and help them succeed and, and, and make more money. And again, have, have great projects. So are credits important? Of course. <laughs> does, does Avixa have a great program to start with? Yes. Does CompTIA have a great program? Yes. I mean, if you're, if you're a manufacturer, you should definitely get involved in any of those local chapters. Um, um, you know, like Colleen said, getting involved in the, you know, the women, the Avixa Women's Council, doing any type of local chapters where, where you have, you know, the ability to teach at at some of their these association events and stuff. I mean, that's a great, that's a great way to to, to market to people um, and get in front of a lot of people for probably not that much of a cost. Right. Oh, absolutely. It's really reasonable. You know, we're basically looking for somebody at the Avixa Women Council events to cover the wine and snacks. So it's a pretty cheap date to get in front of, you know, 20 to 30 folks who are really interested in that topic. And, you know, and it does, you know, back to your question, Don, would I, you know, if I have a client whose products spill over into multiple verticals, such as, you know, home for the CBO channel, the, the commercial and all the verticals associated with Avixa or IT products with, uh, you know, that would be applicable to CompTIA uh, accreditation, it makes sense for them to do different classes and have those classes certified by the uh, the respective uh, the respective organizations associations and and many times I find that they aren't aware that they have the, these opportunities so it's really up to us to help spread the good word and help mm -hmm. the manufacturers because it just really builds that industry momentum and you know, to everybody's point everybody needs that education it's our, our world is very dynamic right right absolutely um, I know I've taught classes before. I know uh, Kelly has. Uh, Colleen, have you taught any classes before? I, I, um, I thought you had. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, Lindsay, yourself, have you? No. Not the podium, so to speak. Not yet. No. Not yet. We'll go you into it. I guess in the meantime, though, this question is more for sort of Kelly and Colleen. Um, when crafting education material or presentations, um, what, what, what do you find is the biggest hurdle individually or even in Lindsay's case as part of marketing, helping someone else craft theirs? 
Mm -hmm. Colleen? <laughs> it depends on the presentation. Sometimes uh, the hardest part can be getting some of the details that you need from other folks. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, on the technical teams, uh, as you need to clarify some points and such. Um, uh, finding the time on top of the rest of your work <laughs> is always one of the greatest challenges. I think we all face that. You know, right. I'll be doing my presentations at 10 o'clock at night because I have to finish my day job first. Right, um, right. So, yeah, those are some of the, the biggest hurdles. I, it's never really an issue to come up with a topic because there's so much to talk about all the time, you know, whether it be a technical topic, a particular product, or a, a business topic, right. um, management, whatever. There's a, a plethora of material that needs to be shared and is continuously being updated. So, right. you know, that's, that's not much of an issue. Right. How about you, Kelly? Kelly. Yeah, Kelly, <laughs> what, what have you found? Um, I mean, it's... Defining your audience, knowing your audience for sure is, is a huge deal and making sure obviously that your content and your presentation is relevant and not, um, you know, you're not speaking about a boring topic to the wrong people, right? Um, but I mean, I guess my, my biggest hurdle creating presentations is just, you know, I want, I want to make sure that I'm not wasting anyone's time, that if somebody's going to take the time to actually sit through a class that I'm doing that they at the very least get something out of it. Right. So that's, that's probably more of my insecurity than anything, but <laughs> I don't think you're alone there. I know that's, that's one that I, that I have as well. And, and uh, to Colleen's point, you know, getting, getting the material and getting the right sources to help. Um, and, you know, another one guilty, just getting started sometimes that in not right. just finding the time as Colleen said, but, just taking that first couple of steps if you're a natural born procrastinator you know <laughs> it uh can sometimes that that can be a little challenging as well so um yeah pretty much everything you guys said <laughs> right. uh, Lindsay, any insight from from helping other people i'm sure you in in your marketing role you've helped others put things together or have you been called upon for that yeah absolutely um i work pretty closely with our sales training manager um we put out webinars and then you know he travels and does classes and i know for him um in the live presentations one of the one of the most difficult things is you know you're you're allotted two to four hours of time to cover a lot of um a lot of ground and on top of that you have varying levels of uh, skill in the classes so you have guys in there that may be in the industry this is their first exposure to ip networking equipment um, you have guys that may have been doing it for 15 years so in the two to four hours allotted cramming enough that the the basics get covered and there's enough value for somebody that's been doing this for 15 years is a really really difficult thing to overcome um, right. but jared does an incredible job we we get a lot of good feedback about our training so that's always encouraging knowing that you are doing decently well at it um, it but, is always good when you when you get that good feedback because it, as Kelly said there's a lot of insecurity at least among every presenter I've ever talked to and um, you know are people gonna find this interesting oh my god am I gonna be able to fit this in the allotted time oh my god what if I start talking and I'm done in half the allotted time sure, yeah. finding that balance and um, you know, personally, I'm always a little surprised when I walk in the room and there are people even there. It's like, wow, okay, people wanted to hear this. So, um, 
yeah, yeah, it's, it's sort of, I guess, a universal challenge. And if you're watching this and have the same challenges, give us a tweet and let us know because uh, we won't feel alone then. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was going to, I was just okay. going to also throw in there too, I think, and this isn't necessarily me personally, but in just in some of the past uh, companies and organizations I've worked with, I think one of the biggest hurdles that, that us as an organization faced is finding good qualified trainers and being able to take them out of their day job to actually teach. Because a lot of the, a lot of the folks that are really, really, really good at that are also really, really good at their day jobs. <laughs> and a lot of those hours are billable. So I think it's just, I think we just have to make sure, you know, as manufacturers and integration companies to value those people that are actually really good at teaching and training and make sure that, that they're also teaching and training other folks, not just themselves, but. Right. Which is a really good segue to the next question. Um, for those of you that are really good presenters, really good trainers, um, you know, what are the benefits and drawbacks for presenting education at trade shows like CEDIA, ISE, and Infocom show? Um, Kelly mentioned one, taking time away from your day job because presumably if you're expert enough to get up there and blather about something for an hour or four, you are also expert enough to be in demand doing the thing as opposed to just talking about doing the thing. Um, Lindsay or Colleen, either one of you jump in. Uh, what, what do you find the biggest drawbacks or benefits to presenting? Well, the time basic, definitely, if you're at a show and teaching four or five classes, that's a big chunk of your time at that show. So that you know, eliminates other things that you could be doing or need to be doing. Uh, definitely one of the, so that, that would be on the negative side. On the positive side, it's really great to really get a better understanding of what folks' challenges are and uh, their feedback on the presentation, what type of education would, uh, what other type of education would make sense for them and uh, what other needs that they have. So you know, definitely advantages and disadvantages. The, the shows are hard enough and if you're teaching a bunch of classes, that is a huge challenge. <laughs> Yeah, Lindsay, anything to add? Um, I think one of the, the obvious benefits is that there's a ton of people in one place at one time and they're all interested in the information. Um, so that, you know, you get a big touch in a short period of time. Um, but to that same point, there's a lot of people there that includes all the manufacturers. So you're competing for those people's time. Um, and, you, you know, you just have to come to the table with kind of the most valuable stuff. Right. Kelly? How yeah, about yourself? I, I was just going to mention, I've never done it, but if you talk to, talk to folks at Infocom, for example, that come in and teach those three-day classes, that's a lot of time, <laughs> right? And then um, potentially taking more classes or teaching more classes over the next couple of days. And again, you know, reinforcing what you guys said, really, that they have to see the exhibits. There might be some classes they want to take. There's networking opportunities. They have to meet with people, this or that. There's just so much going on. So it's, it's, it's a lot of time and effort for folks to, to teach classes at these events. But to Lindsay's point, you know, you get a, you get a really large draw of people at these events. So if you're going to do it, you could, you know, kill two birds with one stone pretty easily. So. 
Right. Yeah. So for marketing, from a marketing perspective, it's a fantastic opportunity. It gets your name out there, your company's name, your technology or your products. Um, And, you know, that, that is a huge benefit. A drawback, like you said, no time to actually sit in a booth or go to classes or teach other classes. It, it can be a major time suck. And anyone that's ever seen me running around Infocom with my hair standing on end <laughs> because I'm late for something. I always say it's not Infocom if I'm not late for at least three things because of just that, that point. Um, personally, though, I think, and, and I know this is a marketing podcast, but I think the biggest benefit to presenting at the shows is more intrinsic than it is just being able to get my name or my company out there because I've found, and, and maybe I'm weird and alone in this, but I've found that I actually learn more teaching the topic or preparing to present the topic and interacting with the class members than I would otherwise. I found it made me better at my job and my technology, and I'm more of an asset for my company as a result. Um, I think Albert Einstein said, you know, if you can't explain something simply, you don't understand it enough. And so getting to the point where I can take a big topic and then break it down so that someone, as Lindsay said, that may be at their very first industry event, understands it and can comprehend what we're talking about. Um, it gives me a greater understanding and, and, and makes me, I think, more effective. Uh, anyone else find that or am I just a weirdo? <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. I like just did, you know, jumped in a little bit on a, on a class at, at, a mix of this last year and I got a ton of feedback, which was awesome. And it's just nice to hear, hear new ideas and different perspectives on, on topics that you're interested in too. Right. Right. Um, oh, well, we're running out of time here, but we got time for, I think one last question. Um, and let's start with Lindsay this time, but uh, how do you find manufacturers balancing the educational needs of the audience with your marketing needs as, as the presenting organization? Um, what's, you know, what's the biggest challenge there? Or how do you balance that? Yeah, so we want to make sure that there's value to both parties involved. Um, and that can be difficult because obviously we want people to see the new products that we have and be really excited about Luxol. But um, without trying to be too product-centric, um, just bringing the real value to them. People are going there, they're attending those trainings, expecting to actually learn. Um, we want to teach them everything they need to know about IP networking to be effective at their jobs. If they then choose to become a lifetime Luxel customer, or even just a sometimes Luxel customer, then that's great. Um, but it's more of a, as a manufacturer, you have to think of it more as a investment long-term rather than, you know, it's, it's not a sales pitch. We're not there to shove stuff down people's throat. It's a little more soft ROI than, uh, than an infomercial then, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully, hopefully we come off that way. (laughs) Colleen, what have you found? Where's that balance point? I think, you know, the integrators certainly enjoy it as much as the, and get as much benefit, if not more than the manufacturers, even, you know, the manufacturers, you know, again, need to share that technology, that, that knowledge, yet the integrators can't do their job without it. So, you know, regardless of the field, it's, it's really critical. And with so many people in that one location, when we, when we have our trade shows, you know, it's really such a great opportunity. And, um, you know, everybody really wins from it. Right. Kelly, what have you found? 
Um, well, just hosting events as an integrator and working with manufacturers um, and trying so hard <laughs> to get them to send them in early and make sure they're interesting because you know, I don't want our end users or my, my old coworkers at, uh, at AVI Systems to waste their time sitting in a really boring manufacturer presentation. And we've all been there. Right. You know, you're like ready to like cut your head off after 25 minutes <laughs> of sitting, sitting in like the worst presentation ever. But there's also a lot of really good ones, right? And you, you know who those folks are. And I would say to, you know, and I, I've, I've, I've tried to give feedback to manufacturers and just tell them like, you know, can you please do something? Can you please do this? Or maybe you should do that without hurting their feelings. But honestly, you know, you kind of know who, you kind of know if the presentation is not going to be that great. And I would suggest hiring someone like Colleen or <laughs> anyone to help you with that presentation to create, you know, hire, hire a consultant, hire an agency, hire, hire, you know, Colleen or someone to just help you make it visually appealing. You know what I mean? And help consult and create that compelling story within your presentation so that it's, it's worthwhile and not just you spewing out product and technical information to people. And it's not, what's up? And, th and that's where it makes sense to have a train the trainer. You know, if somebody, if, if, if this manufacturer doesn't have anybody that's experienced at training, it's, it's such a worthy investment to, to take a train the trainer type course. Mm -hmm. And I know Cedia had offered that in the past. I, I'm not sure Infocom if it's offered it before. That. Yes. And when they were Infocom so, before they were a Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> we haven't had to drink too many times. Um, <laughs> and experiences. A lot of it comes down to just experience. So if that manufacturer yeah. doesn't have anybody experienced at training, those tend to be the not-so-hot presentations that, unfortunately, we've all sat through. Right. So. And, and, and my last point, and, it, you know, based on something Kelly said, you know, I, I'll hurt a few feelings. Sorry. <laughs> just because, you know, it's my show at the moment. So, you know, listen, um, if you're a manufacturer and you're out there and you're putting together a presentation for a trade show, whether it's a ma industry magazine trade show, whether it's a distributor show, whether it's Infocom, ISE, Cedia, insert name here, you know, we love you. We value your education, and as Colleen said, we would love a dynamic, exciting speaker with great visuals, but even an exciting, dynamic speaker with great visuals, if we're just going to sit through an infomercial, we could visit your booth or read your brochure. Give us some technology. Give us some general info that will be applicable across the board for our education that is true education rather than just product info. And we'll remember you and your company you know, from the marketing end because you've given us valuable info that carries beyond your borders, um, you know, so that you play nice with others, as Lindsay said. You know, it, it, it's very important that we want valuable info that's broadly applicable, not just here is my product, buy my product. So I think that's a key point to carry forward. At least it was when I was an integrator and now that I'm an end user, that's the kind of stuff I'd like for my guys. And um, if you can get credits from it, that's total bonus. Absolute bonus. So contact Avixa and all the other organizations that have certifications and see if you can't get RUs assigned to your classes. Um, excellent point, Kelly. Thank you for bringing that up. 
with that, I think we're about at our time. So let's start uh, with Colleen. Where can people find you, Colleen, uh, both online and in, you know, meet space, as they say, in the real world? Uh, I, uh, you can find out about Marketing Matters at marketingmatters.net. Uh, we are on all the social media outlets at what, as well. My personal Twitter is at Colleen L. Um, I'll be at Cedia with many clients this year, and uh, I'd love to meet up with the, anybody who would like to at Cedia. Fantastic. Thanks for coming on the show. We appreciate having you. Thanks for having me, Don and Kelly. And Lindsay, thank you for coming on the show and uh, giving us your insights on this topic and giving me a cool new job title to aspire to someday. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, where can folks find you or Luxel online or again in the real world? Sure. Yeah, we're at luxel.com um, and we're on all the major social media channels and we'll, we'll be in the Grand booth. 4301 at Cedia, 2018. Fantastic. And my lovely co-host, Kelly, where can folks find you these days, aside from uh, right here on AV Nation? Uh, Twitter handle at NSCA underscore Kelly. I also run all of the initiatives for the NSCA Foundation. So uh, if you go to the NSCA.org slash foundation on the website, otherwise uh, NSCA Foundation on Twitter. Fantastic. And as usual, I'm your host, Dawn Mead, and you can find me here at avnation.tv. You can also find me on most of the major social media topics at avdawn. And in the real world, I work for some little company that does some, you know, military stuff. So I won't talk about that. But uh, I do appreciate you guys spending some time with us today here on avnation.tv and AV Social. Thanks. Mm -hmm.